The temps are warmer, you've mowed the lawn, and maybe even turned on the AC a time or two. It's definitely spring. So SpI.com is having their spring sale. Log on now and get local deals up to 50% off before they're gone. SpI.com. This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Did you ever have to go see Mr. Bells? He, sh- he should this morning. I'm going to say, normally, Paulie said... past that time, isn't it? Paulie <laughs> said he had to go, what, twice in a month? Well, yeah, twice within mm-hmm. a three-week period. Twice within a three-week period, and that second time wasn't very pleasant. Those words yeah. you didn't want to hear, did you? I think High that's why I went to vocational junior year. <laughs> <laughs> But I wasn't much of a carpenter. <laughs> Did you try that, really? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Now, where'd that interest come from? Uh, I just thought it would uh, See, we're learning something about the mayor we didn't yep, know. Yep, my dad was all excited. He bought me a tool belt and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I heard about it for years later. <laughs> How long were you in the program? Just one year? One year. One and done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a carpenter. I almost didn't make it to the job site. You know, they used to build uh, houses over there at Franklin Park. Sure. And so uh, I I didn't want to go out there. And last day they called me out, so I had to spray paint that door. They said, "Here's how you do it: don't create any bubbles." And I feel sorry for whoever bought that house because <laughs> there's bubbles galore on that door. I'm sure. Can you fix anything at home now? Uh, yeah, still- actually, I went to Black's Hardware and worked, and that's uh, where oh, I did? learned a lot about you know plumbing, electrical, things of that nature. So I can do I can uh, I can dabble a little bit. Where'd the interest come from in the banking industry? How'd you get started in that? Actually, uh, when I was at Blacks, I just uh, applied around town and uh, ended up uh, landing a job at uh, at that time Illinois National Bank. Okay, as where it was uh, well, it's now PNC. It's north of the old state capital. Then it became First of America. Then it became uh, National City, and then uh, PNC now. But then I went from uh, when it was National City. That's why I went to Security Bank and started their business development products before they didn't have any. Uh, commercial side and then what prompted the move into the public sector uh, to run for city treasurer well you know the really the you know it's when you're involved with it you know when my dad was running for mayor and actually uh streets commissioner prior to that jimmy dunham was my sure oh so it goes way back yeah yeah Yeah. and so uh that's where it kind of got in the blood so to speak and then um but as treasurer uh what uh, i always thought it's a good place to be then you learn about the operations of the city it's a good place to uh, be at. And, uh, you know, uh, after that uh, termed out, then I ran for mayor. Well, I know you don't hope so, but mm-hmm. is this like secretary of state? That's a stepping stone to governor. <laughs> is the city treasurer stepping stone to becoming mayor? Evidently, you mm-hmm. did it. And now right. you've got a challenger who wants to do that same thing. What in that office prepares you to be the mayor? Well, you're uh, the city's banker. You, okay. know, you uh, take care of the deposits and you're kind of the uh, checks and balance to Office of Budget Management, uh, you know, Director McCarty, uh, that's more on the administration side, appointed by the mayor. And then the treasurer is an elected official citywide, just like the mayor is, same with the city clerk. And so, um, you know, that's how the structure's set up. But, yeah, I think any time you're uh, serving at a citywide capacity, you get a greater understanding. Unlike uh, council members, they're the legislative body. Uh, this, uh, you, you get the knowledge of uh, the administration side. How's it difficult challenge going to be for both of you to go to council members and so on, sit across from each other, and know that you're going to be campaigning for the same office? Uh, well, I just I, I figured anybody around the horseshoe or in that arena, they're the prime candidates, right? Yeah, uh, you sure. know, because they yeah, have right. the interest to be involved with city, so that's uh, not a surprise. And like I said, that's you know where I got to 
my interest and moved up in that direction. Um, is the city, according to Tommy Schaefer, the city is, are they picking on Humphrey's market? Uh, I would have to, I, I didn't hear that. Okay. As, as he was talking about, I don't know, there's something with, they want, they've expanded their parking lot and okay. now they want to cut a curb access curb on to Laurel oh. and somebody is telling them no. And rather than get specifically about that. Yeah, we'll I, check into it. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, way back, you know, that's the neighborhood market, you know, my parents went to. And, oh, uh, did they really? Yeah. And so uh, with those curb cuts, usually uh, if it's, you know, there's access that you have to, uh, the traffic safety standards, I think that's what they uh, have to be aware of. So I'll check with uh, Director Bottom and see what the hangup uh, is, if any, and um, hopefully there's a way to get around that. Uh, Mayor, I, I, I hear it all the time, different administrations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not so sure developers are ever going to be satisfied mm-hmm. with no matter what the city is doing or if it pertains to the county uh they're saying our oh, government's always putting obstacles in our way how much of a concern is that i'm sure you hear it a little bit mm-hmm. what can you do if anything in fact needs to be done i, I would guess the one thing you'd want to be is consistent you treat right. everybody the same way yeah two things on that uh one uh when uh, they had the commission the uh, Efficiency Commission. Yes. And so when I was treasurer, they invited, you know, all elected officials, I think, to make comments. So I went there, you know, because I wanted to make sure at least there was two areas I thought we could approve on. One was the township and consolidation. I brought that up uh, to the Efficiency Commission. And then the other item was with regards to building codes. I thought, uh, you know, for a developer, it makes sense if you had a standardized building code wherever you went in Sangamon County. So it wouldn't matter if you're Rochester, Sherman, Springfield. Uh, we all should be under the same code, so you don't have to worry about those boundaries or those borders. So that, uh, unfortunately, that didn't go anywhere. But uh, recently, I had a call from Mike Pence of Bank of Springfield, and they were uh, trying to build a facility, and there's stacking where you allowed so many cars in a drive-up. And uh, I think that's you know something that was put into code maybe in the 80s, 90s, somewhere around there. But things have changed. You know, you don't have the long lines in a bank anymore. And so uh, I've asked uh, the Chamber of Commerce, Mike Murphy, uh, working with uh, Public Works, and then the, I think Ryan McCready's on that group, but they formed a group to take a look at our entire code to see how we can be uh, more business-friendly. And because some of the code, you know, was written back in the 80s or 90s, we need to update it, especially from the business standpoint, and bring it up to today's standards. Somebody called in and said, well, the aldermen, some of them are in dealing with certain people and they're <laughs> protecting competition or protecting their friend. And I said, give me names and examples. That's all. And say who you are. Give me names and examples. I'm sure there are people who know people and try to influence that. How challenging is that for you? Well, it's uh, extremely challenging. It can be frustrating. I I think it was Dave that called. Yeah, with sure. regards to that. So, um the uh, one I can point to, and it's a point of aggravation because we need uh, workforce development. Everybody understands that. We have dilapidated housing. Everybody understands that. Well, we brought uh, Calvin Pitts, he owns Bone Training Institute, uh, to refurbish housing. And so, uh, unfortunately, the council didn't support it. And how it got hung up was there's a particular union that has influence. And uh, they, uh, you know, it, and according to Corporation Council, has nothing to do with what the request was. But unfortunately, they held him to that higher standard and uh, denied the request. And so the housing still sits there dilapidating. The good news is we'll continue to move that direction. But the other thing is uh, we recently received word that we're one of uh, seven cities throughout the country that's receiving a Harvard fellow. It's uh, from Bloomberg Harvard Institute for Cities. 
and they selected our project. It's the whole block rest, uh, restoration anchor project. And uh, that person's going to serve two years here to help us move that initiative forward because they want it to become a model that can be used not only in Springfield, but throughout the country. Did Mr. Pitts owe that union some money? What was the bone of contention there? Well, it was disputed, and so uh, he ended up uh, paying it under dispute, and that's what he wrote in the memo line. And unfortunately, uh, the union, uh, I think it was their attorney, sent it back and said, uh, we're not going to accept the check. So there's weeks that passed, and so he went ahead and paid it. And then they came back and said, oh, by the way, you missed uh, the day, deadline by a day, so you owe us for our attorney's fees. So uh, it was about the same amount as the $3,000, whatever the case may be. But in this time, you know, uh, everybody's struggling, right? Uh, during the pandemic, the most frustrating thing is when people can't work together. You know, they say they want development on the east side, but sometimes their actions don't follow their words. Have you ever taken money from that union? Oh, yeah. yeah. You have? Yeah. Uh-huh. At one time when you first ran for mayor or uh-huh. treasurer or whatever? Right, right. How do you determine who you're going to take money from and who you're not going to take money from? Because... We hope all of them are mm-hmm. in the reason to give money because they want better government. Right. Uh, we hope that's the reason. Right. Some may think, uh, nod, nod, wink, wink, that they want <laughs> access or influence. Right. How do you separate that? How do you determine it? And obviously, if they gave you money once, you don't think this particular union or unions will probably give you money this time. Well, uh, they didn't give me money last time. Four years time. ago? Right, okay. right. So uh, that's the challenge. And, you know, but it is... Uh, when, you know, how I approach the office of mayor, especially, is you have to judge the uh, the project at hand on its merits. And so there's times we agree, sometimes we don't agree. And unfortunately, you know, just like any supporter, if they agree with the majority of your items, hopefully they support you. But in this particular case, uh, that's not, not it. But, um, you know, so it is what it is. I look at what's in the best interest of the city and moving that forward. So I don't get concerned about uh, making a... Uh, you know, a donor mad because, uh, you know, what that, you know, it's just the, uh, that's just how I approach it. I approach it differently than others. I'm kind of an anomaly. You know, I learned from my father and it's always about representing the general public and, uh, you know, trying to do what's in the best interest of the city. And that's how I approach things, uh, regardless of, uh, that, that portion of it. Why is Springfield a better place today than it was three and a half years ago when you sworn mm-hmm. in for your second term? Mm-hmm. Why are we better now than we were three and a half years ago? Well, uh, we're moving in a lot better direction. You know, we ushered through a pandemic, you know, two years of pandemic. Uh, did it uh, better than most other cities, I would say, probably better than, uh, yeah, the majority anyway. Uh, when you had social unrest, we didn't have that here. That was due to our community engagement on several different factors. Uh, but it's how we approach things and having an open-door policy, I think, having a place where people feel comfortable in coming to city council and vetting their views, uh, I think that helped tamp things down, so to speak. Uh, but, you know, we weren't a rubber stamp for the governor's direction. Uh, you know, we were the first city that had the mass mandate. We we're the first city to probably go against the governor's orders in October. when We were trying to keep restaurants open. But as far as the specifics, you know, uh, you know, there's private public sector partnerships that we're moving forward, you know, like the park district with Comer Cox Park, trying to develop that teen empowerment area, uh, downtown Springfield with regards to the chamber project, the Bicentennial Plaza. And then also the medical community uh, and that partnership, Tony Libri out of Benedictine. Uh, and, but really the litmus test is the private development. And, uh, you know, it might seem uh, they moved here, but Portillo's, you know, we talked about it. Sure. Uh, they built two Portillo's in the country, and they were looking at Orlando and some other locations. The two they chose was Springfield and Chicago. 
And uh, I tried to get them at other locations in Springfield because I thought they were better. Like on uh, Stevenson Drive, that would have been a perfect one because that have that Route 66 uh, theme uh, being the 66 store. But they located where they are. Uh, the benefit of that is, uh, well, they did it because of the how they uh, run their model. You know, they, they make a decision uh, that goes against their model. Someone's getting fired if it doesn't work out. But this is where it's said to land because of the uh, traffic as well as the households in that area. But what you wouldn't want during a pandemic is that corner vacated and being a vacated Walgreens. So they saw the value in Springfield. We're seeing the value in Springfield from outside developers. We're having a discussion with the Wyndham. Uh, there's the individual that now uh, has the bank note for Booth Ferguson. They bought PNC. It's my understanding they bought PNC Bank, Illinois Building. So you have outside developers looking at Springfield as a prime um, uh prime area for development and it's a matter of uh, we can thread that needle and make it happen to do what's in the best interest of the city because a lot of times developers will come like to the Myers building try to put their model here and uh, you know unfortunately that didn't work out or fortunately maybe it didn't work out because what we wanted them to do is change the model to fit our needs you know it's we're not a rubber stamp but we want them to customize to what we believe is in the best interest of the city and moving development that direction. Without giving inside information, let's talk about the Wyndham. Mm-hmm. You're looking at a compromise. Does that mean maybe retain some rooms for overnight guests and the other then would be for people who want to reside there? Is that in play? And what does the council have to do? They have to give you seven yes votes or not you. There right. must be seven votes to agree to that. Is that right? Correct, uh, because it went to regional planning and the, the, uh, the majority didn't approve it. They uh, two people voted present, so now it needs a supermajority to uh, pass the city council. Where we're at, it split five five last time. It needed seven votes, so we did have the uh, regroup with the developer, giving a presentation to the council members two at a time, and um, changing that model because uh, what he wanted originally was to build it all out in apartments. We said that's not going to work. We're a convention town. That's where he agreed to do, leave the convention space and eighty hotel rooms. And uh, we always felt you needed more hotel rooms. And so in discussions, he's up to 100 now, 300 apartments, uh, you know, and that's what uh, it sits right now. But it needs a reconsideration from someone from the prevailing side. So uh, n- tomorrow night is when we'll have the meeting. Alderman Redpath, Donlin, and um, Alderman Fulgenzi will be there. Alderman uh, Desenzo and Hannah are going to be gone. So one of those three have to uh, vote to bring it out for reconsideration. And then we can have that discussion. Where it sits now is either vote as is with the 100 hotel rooms, 300 apartments. And if you want to take a look at what they could be, I think it's vivo.com. Uh, They're the other uh, kind of entity that does this, like similar to Good Homes. Good Homes is kind of um, trying to move that direction. But the uh, options are uh, leave the rooms as a window. They refresh the hotel rooms. And then so they'll operate, keep them open for operation while they do the apartments. The other option was uh, changing the flag to a Marriott. If you do that, there's a chance that they'd have to close it down because the Marriott will not put their flag, so to speak, on a development under construction. So uh, that's the risk you run there. The other option, of course, is to uh, vote it down, and then it goes back to Al-Rajabi, the current owner. He says he's going to retain it. He's not going to put it into receivership and move that direction. So really you're rolling the dice on what happens there. And he it's currently zoned for 200 apartments. 200 hotel rooms and so uh that's what we're trying to deal with what's the proper mix uh to move forward 
what do you do with the utility bill? Because he has a sizable mm-hmm. amount of money mm-hmm. that he owes the city. And again, the question is going to be, so why would the city let that hotel get to that point owing money or a resident doesn't have that much leeway? Well, on that, it was a uh, workout situation. Uh, originally, uh, in November of uh, 2021, we had an executive session. I think it was brought up here, but... Uh, Regardless, uh, the terms were known at that point. Okay. So uh, we put a lien on the property, uh, so we are protected from that standpoint. Uh, the other thing is why I leave the electricity running is because we have our communications attendant on top of the building, so you have to do it from that standpoint. But the whole intent is uh, it was agreed upon that during refinance or the sell of the property, that's when he'd be able to settle up. He had made a sizable payment, I think $100,000 or plus, uh, in June, I believe. But uh, on that, that's how we kept the utility protected with regards to usage of the electricity and the water. He claimed that if there's not an agreement, he's just going to use it for subsidized housing. Was he serious about that, or was that just kind of a scare tactic to get everybody's attention? Well, I think he's uh, serious. I called him right after the council <coughs> sure. meeting, and he's heading back to St. Louis. He's going to stay here till Thursday, but both him and David Mitchell are heading out. Uh, very frustrated. He's supposed to meet the bank that next morning at 9 o'clock. I asked him to give us time to uh, have the reconsideration, mm-hmm. which is before August 10th. But uh, I think he's serious. I think that's the bank that would finance him. Uh, but uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens uh, Wednesday. Where do you stand on it, Mayor? Well, originally, you know, I said <clears throat> if it was a tied vote, I would have cast the uh, deciding vote to in favor of it. So I think it's in a better position now. The real key is how do you uh, tie it? to the apartments, especially everybody's concerned, has to be market rate sure. and move that direction and uh, make it a world-class facility like the developer says. So the uh, you know that's where the uh, agreement would come in with the targeted TIF, where you have certain parameters in place, uh, especially with the zoning. There's you know uh, certain parameters we would put in place once passage so you can guarantee as much as possible that the development that's being said is the one that you end up with. You have reason to believe i thought am i hearing 27 percent occupancy and i thought that scott Dahl and people were saying that motel occupancy has been a little better than that maybe somewhere around the 50 60 percent mark and and the bounce back i don't know we'll agree with the gentleman that's what he said it was 27 percent mm-hmm. he had not know what occupancy he has yeah that's uh citywide was the occupancy scott Dahl was uh, right, looking right. at i asked him if we could use the downtown hotels okay there's three of them the abe lincoln the the wyndham and then the state house Inn. right and unfortunately uh you can't do that unless you call them directly uh but i asked scott doll he checked with the state house Inn. what conventions can we save uh by seeing what rooms are available during those times so he's in that process uh, because we have to be ready to pivot you know depending on what happens wednesday tell me about one-way streets why are you comfortable with the concept <laughs> Well, uh, actually, I know it's getting a lot of play. The cost for that is more like four hundred to 600000 The uh, millions is geared towards the traffic light synchronization and moving to the, uh, I, I can't recall the, uh, the uh, technology they're using, but it allows you to uh, synchronize lights uh, remotely from public works, you know, through the computer system. So it costs $400,000 at least per intersection. So that's the majority of the cost is driven towards that. But the one-way to two-way, it's been wanted for a long time. And that's what I always took pride in is coming into office, we're putting plans into action. Uh, you know, you can have the best vision in the world, but if you don't have action on it, it does you no good. So this is one area on 4th Street, especially with the development leading into the medical area, that you have that two-way, it slows traffic down, but also provides for private sector development on both sides of the street where people are comfortable.
couple more minutes. Mayor Jim Langfelder with us. Financially, what are the challenges facing the city? Are we solvent? I would guess Bill McCarty would say, probably I'm not speaking for him, but I think we have uh, been better off uh, than we've probably been in a while. What's going on? Well, Bill's in love that the cash balance, right? I think he has it <laughs> under his pillow and he <laughs> sleeps on it every night. But uh, that's what you want in OBM. But on the flip side of it, Joe McMinimum, Alderman McMinimum, always brought up about pensions. And For you sure. have to look at the uh, long-term expenses. Uh, infrastructure is always a concern. You know, we've done millions, of, you know, tens of millions of dollars of infrastructure improvements, but it's never enough if your road's not repaired. So there's those challenges. So what you always prepare for, and fortunately we took the steps prior to the pandemic uh, being pretty solid and coming out of the pandemic, that's why we have that $50 million fund balance right now outside of ARPA uh, because of uh, the direction we took to really stabilize the uh, financial picture for Springfield. Uh, a couple more minutes is all, Mayor. I uh, beg your indulgence. Um, granted, people talk more about the mayor's race and aldermanic races. Mm-hmm. Than they do about a governor and secretary of state. And all politics is local, I understand. Final question. What do you think the top two or three issues will be in the mayoral campaign? I think economic development is always number one. You know, it depend, doesn't matter when the race is or who it's for. So economic development. And for myself, uh, safety, you want it safe uh, wherever you travel within the uh, city. I think those are the uh, main two items. But, you know, for the long term, you know, our water infrastructure, I think that's going to be into play. That's why we're striving for that secondary water source of Hunter Lake. Uh, that's a key component to economic development and vitality for our future. Thanks for coming in, as always. Well, thank you. Hope good you to have see a great you. Day. you uh, see you at the Illinois State Fair. Sounds good. You're out there a lot, aren't you? Uh, occasionally, yeah. I always enjoy seeing you and listening to you on the intercom system. Stop by and say hello. I sure appreciate will. it. Thanks, Thank Mayor. You. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.